Because you work in construction, right? Yep. You keep the country ticking over. You keep the country functioning. We were getting more road closures on the road than ever. So Highways England were giving us work after work after work. I was working nights, weekends, all the way through, just literally seven days a week. When, it, when I hear that mental health, where it's so important in young men, especially with the suicide rates that go on, you never hear of, of mental health in the construction industry. Why is that? We've got over 700 people that kill themselves a year just in construction and nobody gives a fuck in the nicest yeah. way. Three weeks ago, a guy cut his own throat in the middle of London on a building site, one of the biggest sites in the UK. Slit his own throat and put a knife in. It didn't work, so we didn't put the knife in his neck. I heard that from a very, very close contact of mine who manages something there. Uh, six weeks ago, a man jumped off a bridge and landed on a building site in front of a very good pal of mine, a project manager in Kent. All these people killing themselves and nobody's doing anything. I've seen people squashed by machinery. I've seen people on the front of decorated front of cross trains. Um, we've seen literally the limbs get cut off of stuff, literally just for, and we're never ever checked or asked, are you all right? What do you see? And, but, and I always say- it's PTSD right there. Plant yeah. machinery gets yeah. all the health checks every week. That's it, get all off. Every shift- Fucking great they, point, mate. Yeah, every, That's a great point. Every shift they have to sign off that the machine's not been there tampered with and it's all okay. But the person operating it doesn't, doesn't matter. Steve, how you doing? Pleasure. Nice to meet you. How's things? Very well. All so good. You're a local boy. I am local. Yeah, very local. I just popped out. Literally, <laughs> just yeah. Popped out for a nice <laughs> afternoon chat. Yeah, they said expenses would be covered. Actually, that's what I said. <laughs> Well, it's a big journey. It was a big journey. It's a tank, a tank penny, of fuel. Penny a mile. Um, how's things? Good. Yeah, yeah very good. well. So, thank, thank you for having me. No, listen, uh, thanks for coming on. A very yeah. important subject and uh, personal uh, stories that you've got. And I think with where you've come from and what you do, um, you can change a lot of mindsets. You can change a lot of uh, perspective about the construction industry because you work in construction right yep and that's what keeps the uh infra infrastructure is what keep the country going you know yep. whether it's our homes whether it's the infrastructure of society whatever it may of the country whatever it may be it's, it's a huge part of society and it's men like you that yeah. keep it ticking over that keep it running so when did you first get into construction Fell into it out of school, basically. Yeah, fell in playing football. Classic, right? A yeah, classic, classic. of falling into it out fell of school. Fell into it. Yeah, and everyone does. And it's, it's so wrong because uh, it's an awesome industry, really. But yeah. yeah, come out of school, I think my football coach, one of the dads at football, just pretty much said to me, could you, uh, um, you got your plans after your exams, Steve? I was like, no. I said, well, well during your exams, do you want to come and work with us? Give us a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hand I literally, when I should have been revising, they were bad, went out to sites and I started mm -hmm. doing window fixing um, yeah. around the country. And um, yeah, straight away, self-employed straight away, registered to CIS, I think it was. And then, um, yeah, first job, I think we had a Cardiff, then went to Southampton, up to Sunderland for two or three weeks. How old were you then? 16, 17. See, that's it what I mean. So, so it's living the life, right? It was our age the same pet yeah. in the UK, pretty much. It was literally just touring around. Me, a group of Bulgarian guy, Albanian guy, yeah. guy from Bermondsey. Uh, yeah, it was a real cliche kind of gang. Right. We went around the country and it was brilliant. I'd take a sub every day of the 50 quid you earned and spent it that night and then straight yeah, and done course. the same. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I just went that way really. And then I'd never looked back really. I'd done a few things in between. I um, was a failed car salesman for a bit. It was a good, quite a good laugh. But that was only about six or seven months. And then uh, <laughs> went away skiing for, done a couple of ski seasons here and there, escaped the country and uh, done that bit. That gave me a real awesome life lesson really of just teaching or knowing people. And what you do now, I, you do construction now. So you've 
construction. Oh, yeah, back, back in. Yeah, um, come, come, yeah, come back. And then, yeah, literally, we would say come back. I went out for a little bit, just dabbled around in the early 20s yeah. and literally just done a few bits. And then, yeah, literally got sort of sucked back into it all. And then, uh, yeah, long back here I am again, really. Still digging holes. <laughs> back yeah, <laughs> to construction. But construction is something that I, th- I think all of us have been worked on a on a building site. You know, yeah. when you finish school or during your school holidays, yeah. your mate's dad goes, come and work on that, on, you know, carry yeah. the buckets, carry yeah. some, do a bit of hodding, yeah. you know, mix the cement, whatever it may be. Um, but it's also uh, an industry that you need zero qualifications to get involved with, right? Yeah. So you can 100%. literally go from school, these prime kids that have come out of school, got no qualification school just isn't their nah. thing you know it's yep. not, not nothing to do with them not being smart not being bright they're just not academic in that way they're more physical they get out they find that they've got no qualifications they can't get a job yeah boom straight into uh into the construction industry straight into, onto a building site yep at the ages of 16 right so yeah. you leave school you can go on to how how does that work when you can go on to a building site with absolutely no qualification and having to work in such a sort of yeah. manual labor, sort of health and safety sort of nightmare that that some of these building sites uh, yes, it's have. Pretty much where I think where the problem comes in, really, because no matter where you are in the world, how much you're broken down, no matter how life picks you up and spits you back out. One of the good things with the industry and bad things, my fault, in the way, but we'll take you on. It doesn't matter what your background is, no, no matter what you've. Up, say from the military mm-hmm. side, people come out of the army, people come out of the prison service, mm-hmm. people foul school, everything. Mm-hmm. You walk into the pub, you've got a job. There's no CVs exchanged. You walk just, into yeah, the pub, yeah, you've yeah, got a yeah. job. Any clubhouse, yeah. r- rugby club was mine, football type football took me into construction. Mm-hmm. If you know people, you'll find a job in construction. It's, it's so easy in yeah. that route, but there's no checks or anything to say, where. what is your background? Yeah. How can we look after you? There's no kind of... Again, from the military side or, and the prison side, that's worse in terms of mental health issues, I think, not touched on at all and nobody looks at it. Not many people, people are starting to listen to me now mm-hmm. and realising, but I'm saying we're taking these people on who have been in horrendous backgrounds, even yeah. as from as youngsters growing up and they've failed school because they can't concentrate because they're literally traumatised as children all the way through and they can't do anything academically. Um, but we just give them a job and no one actually says, right, What's your background? Yeah, let's put where you through you a process from? and let's find yeah. out a bit and help you. Yeah, checks, uh, yeah, background checks, yeah, none of just, that. No, just there's nothing. Fired straight into it. Nothing. So there's absolutely nothing like that. And we literally get anyone and everyone from all over the country. We're now seeing, we're actually seeing a few people from Ukraine coming over from that background. And but you're paying for manual labour, aren't you? Basically. Yeah, labour. They don't want they don't want hearts and uh, personalities and anything. They just want people in their graft. bag. Graft. Yeah, two, three weeks. Because you boys are grafters. I've get been on there. building sites. Yeah graft right do your job get in yeah. get done don't bring your problems to work yeah get job done get home again and it's, it's still the same today people say it's not i do a lot of work on linkedin it's very much buttered up and made it look pretty but yeah it's not i was on a site two years ago 450 people in our area and i was told i literally was at the boardroom meeting going on and they said we need to make this 270 people next week and they said Huh? Get them from everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, well, they need to cut. They need them. to cut that for next week. They say we want to cut it. They said, well, "What do we do with these 150, 200 people who are going to go?" They, the direction that doesn't matter to me. And it's that's just, purely ninety nine percent young men, off. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not Yeah, I'd say young yeah, yeah, a few men. old boys there. You get a few kind of old um, kind Any of. Any women? Yeah, they, 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 there's a few ladies around. I think the, the women make up a small percentage, maybe one percentage on on the on Tiny the tools. Percent. Yeah, Let's but the women in construction, I think it's eleven, twelve or thirteen percent, mm. but. Of that, I think 11, a, 11 of them are in, in office, a, yeah, in the office background. In a labour yeah, role. Yeah. Not in a labour, you get the, the old electrician, your plumber, mm. not many ground workers. I've seen ground work's my background. 
Mm-hmm. Um, machine drivers, dumper drivers. We've done one in London last year, actually. We took a group of 15 girls out from mixed trade. We found trades girls, basically, and said, let's go for a walk in London. So, And they loved the industry. Look how macho it was as well, what I found brilliant. Because it's right. very much made to make it look pink and fluffy to attract women in. And the women we walked with went, we don't want that. These women love the bloke banter mm-hmm. and the way the blokes, literally, it was a bloke-dominated industry. They like that. And that's, that's what a they physical come industry, it. isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like it's, it's a manual labour um, at a cost. It's a physical um, industry. And you get young blokes that get churned in and out from yeah. school, almost not trade on that's the wrong word but also used because you know they've got no qualifications this is the only route i'm going to give you some money i'm going to go in carry these bricks mix this cement do what you what's asked of you and you're not going to ask any questions you're just going to do Crack it off. and these young men get churned in and out of this industry yeah. um because for their manual labor right yeah. so it, and and they mm. go in there keep their mouth shut they get on with the job they get untold amounts of shit listen i thought military banter was bad right but i've been on some building sites and that banter is level 100 you know you get onto a building site and you see some stuff on social media but the banter is is you almost wouldn't expect society to understand it because they wouldn't accept it they'd be like that that comes under bullying that comes under mental health issue you're you know you're physically and psychologically bullying that person or it's, yeah. it's, but it's banter. I know what banter yeah, is. I have military 100%. banter and I use my military banter sometimes and people look at me and they're like, you can't do that. I'll say, I'm like, listen, around the right people and around people that understand it. But it's very much like that in the construction yeah, world, right? 100%. For we these get, young boys. Yeah, we've actually realised it. And I said, there's some people saying that, can't, that the council culture, you're not allowed to do this banter and have that. But it's the only thing that kept me going over the years. I said, I need that with the guys and I can't have that with people. Yeah. I don't want to be at work. No, of course. So you, but there's obviously a level of respect with it when you know we go too far. But I think that comes with... <laughs> go too far. <laughs> like the lion's head, like, Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I said that. I just <laughs> a message in the car I worked with last night, actually. And one of the boys privately WhatsApp me on the side and said, yeah. you might want to use off a little bit, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's even me now, after all I've learned. Yeah. Um, but it was his own fault. The, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Yeah, so we literally get now, like I said to people, you can't... There's a level of respect. If I don't know you or I haven't worked for you for two or three weeks, or it's one of those ones that's funny when someone comes on the scene quite new and they give you a bit of banter and you almost think, you haven't earned that yet. You haven't earned the right to give me this banter yeah, yet. You yeah, know you think, who yeah. do you think you are? And then there's, you think, a, there's, a, there's a hierarchical yeah, structure, but yeah, you you know, unofficial. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, and you can you nip that in the bud with one, I don't know, yeah. one quick clash and then, uh, yeah, yeah, th- then it's done. <laughs> yeah, and then they know. But, but you know what? That's, that's how society is. That's how work, you know, you get into there, you, you, you find your feet, you test the, the the playground as such, and then you know you might get wrapped on the fingers. It's like, okay, yeah. I know where I can stand, I know what boundaries I can push, I know where I need to be, but ultimately I know what I need to do. Yeah. And that's what I love about the construction industry. It's like you get on, you get on there, you're there. You know, it's not like an office job where you can you know skive around a little bit or mm. pretend that you're working. It's like you're on site, eyes are on you. You are yeah. grafting from the moment you get onto that site, mm-hmm. small lunch break until the moment you leave. You're there for purely for graft, aren't you? It's like yeah. graft, 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 you're being used. And ultimately what I think is a really, really important message is we talk about these young boys coming out of uh, school with qualifications going on to do, do, but it's the young boys that are coming out, that are going to these building sites that are keeping this country ticking over, the yeah. infrastructure running, the the houses and everything being built and everything around us in society that needs 
to function. Yeah, These was... young boys ultimately yeah. are at the at the base ground level of of making that happen. Yeah, there was no COVID for us. There was no yeah, yeah there was exactly. no kind of sit home, you locked down. There was no. no that. I was fortunate enough, and it was the best thing ever. Really, I didn't want to be sitting. That, a lot of us can't sit at home. I. Um, fortunate enough, I worked in the rail side of the industry and also in the infrastructure, in the highway side to so the roads and that. And mm -hmm. I've never been busier through COVID. Like every, I know it's a terrible time for a lot of people, but there's a, I know there's a lot of silver linings there to be had. And we were getting more road closures on the road than ever. So Highways England were giving us work after work after work. I was working nights, weekends, all the way through, just literally seven days a week, just because I didn't know what was around the corner. It's like to make hay while you can, because who knows how long this is going to So you're for. one of these people, for example, when you're going along the motorway <laughs> and it's all, it's all. Um, you know, cornered off, it's all coned yeah. off. You're on the side of the road, grafting away, digging. And there's about 20 of you that aren't doing it. No, I'm joking. Um, but you're the, the you're these people that um that that work throughout these dangerous yeah. situations. Let's be oh, honest. Horrendous. Yeah. You know, you know, you're on the side of the road. You yeah. see all these these horrific crashes and whatever it may be. But not only are you grafting your your balls off, you know, breaking mm -hmm. your backs to maintain the infrastructure of this country, full stop, you yeah. know, whether it's logistics, whether it's whatever it is. Um, but you're being put in dangerous situations as well. Yeah, it's awful. I literally, I won't work on the roads anymore. I'm done with it. And I'll really? Start, yeah, I won't, I'm not, I'll go out there and do visits or something and go see people and that, but I'm not interested in going and working on the highways. I work on the railway a lot. Trains are good. They stick to the tracks most of the time. Oh, Cars, yeah. especially nighttime, people do not stick to the roads. They should be sticking to it. And mm. people, you don't be surprised how many people ignore the cones, just carry on going. Well, we, need, we don't need to get to the next junction. So come hurting through and 80 mile an hour, 100 mile an hour. So I want to get through quick before they're caught, not realising we're actually on the side of the road working there. Well, there could be a mm. hole in the road for all they know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, we got there just down the road, actually, actually last year. When, when one of my last shifts, we had a traffic cone. I got out, the, I got out of um, a flatbed truck and literally, as I got out and walked around the back of it, a colleague I was with, he got out and was right at the front and the traffic cone got hit and the great big bit at the bottom literally went straight in the wheel arch where I just got literally when I just got out the truck was above the wheel arch and it smashed straight through there and then the actual top bit missed the guy's with his head by probably a couple of millimetres and he just stood there just in shock for two or three minutes and I, I was running the area so I just went nah stop I said we're not doing this unless they close the road off because they'll just do like single lane working so half the road shut half's not Yeah, people just hurtle for it and, and lorries will hurtle for and clipping cones all the way of course and I just said no we're not doing it I said no I said not until you go out there and we'll give it a go yourself I said it's not right I said because as soon as I I was running the area. I said, as soon as he gets it, that cone, if that cone was six inches to the right and took his head off, yeah. I said, I'll be the one who's responsible. Why have I put him out there? And why, if I thought it, because as soon as I then say, as soon as I then say, we've been hit with something, they would then just turn that on me as a freelance, not so much employed. Yeah, of course. Um, they would then go, so well, you're, you're responsible for the site, Steve. If you felt there was danger there, then you should have stopped that then, shouldn't you? And then I'd have been like, yeah, but at the same time, if I would have stopped that, you would have gone, we need to get this works done. Steve keeps on stopping works, swapping around with you. And I'll yeah, be yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's one of those, know. yeah. And it's only with confidence and experience over the last few years that, and kind of enough um, savvy in, I suppose, in the tank of just to be able to say to people, no, nah, it's not happening, yeah. not on my watch. And then, then people... because of A, B and C, listen... If you put these yeah. things in place, we're quite happily crack on. And the on. further time goes on, and with pressures of the industry, and probably it comes back to everything, everything is programme-driven and led and pressure and money's coming in from all over the world, obviously, into the UK to pump into infrastructure, into anything, and it's just pressure, 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 and it just goes down to the guys at the bottom. And then that's when it goes Pete Tong, and then we literally get told, hey, you shouldn't have done that, Steve. You shouldn't have been out there, should you? And you go, well, hang on a sec. Yeah. But if you yeah. didn't have the guys at the bottom, then it wouldn't happen, right? No, not all. And There's such a lack of respect for the, the bottom at the bottom. Yeah, and the culture at the bottom, you know, it's, it's 
you've got it's a hard hard gig right because the culture yeah. at the bottom from what i've seen and for what i know through friends and family and you could probably back me up or not back me up on this is the culture of you know they they go to work monday to friday backs broken no not, not literally back but you know they break their backs working they're physical hard physical manual labor yeah. they live for the weekend they get out it's friday's done straight down the pub booze whatever gives them that that natural high from that week of that where they've just been grafting and grafting they go out all weekend booze alcohol drugs whatever it may be and then straight back onto it that's their way that's their whole cycle i've seen a cycle where it's just like boom yeah and because their their work is so hard and so not degrading to them but they're, they're, you know they're not getting any qualification out of it they're not getting any any sort of skill yeah skill set where if they wanted to continue on, on, and do um, construction but a lot of them are just filling gaps and they get into this cycle and they get caught into this cycle of extremely hard labor lads banter because mm -hmm. it is that banter of yeah. you know i've got to suck it up or you know yeah you know fucking suck it up man up and yeah you know there's an element of that 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 should be there of course you're doing that hard manual sort of labor it's the same in the military you know you get out on the battlefield there's no time for that lovey-dovey stuff so there is there is room for that in in small doses but then you, you know there is when you finish on a friday you almost even if you don't want to sometimes it's like you're in the van we're stopping off at the pub yeah, yeah it, it, does that yeah, still yeah. exist that, yeah, yeah, that, that culture yeah definitely i've been working over working over west london and we had a big crew of guys over that way and we all lived over this what this what the other side of london and um it would be in the van they'd load the van up with booze all the way home it'd be a booze yeah. bus all the way home and some of the boys would be like oh, not tonight and then but they're in the van so it probably was yeah peer pressure everyone ends up and they're in the, the van they're stuck in traffic they'll go on their minds have a bottle and then yeah that was there's a few of those vans still happens today and, and then the weekend weekend goes and you're back on the job on monday yeah yeah definitely and it's yeah and it's that circle and it's that friday spend all the money on the friday pick up borrow a bit on the saturday get, yeah and it's just this circle and then literally sunday I'll play a bit of football and over and all that, and they're back to yes. giving way. And, and one thing I've noticed now as well, and fortunately I don't drink as much as I used to in terms of just kind of through work and growing up a little bit, just a little mm -hmm. bit, and then um, <laughs> and kids come along. But I was like, all those years of me moaning about my back as well, and I've realised how much, not just the, the job as well, which probably weren't to do, the, the booze going down your neck at the weekend, the kidney aches and the, and the liver aches, and yeah, the, the organs ache, and your body just can't, can't handle this anymore. You're but. on a constant cycle of physical self-destruction, whether yeah. it's drinking, whether it's, you know, literally grafting until in, until your body gives up and it's but then you're abusing it at the weekends yeah. and then you're starting that cycle again and there's no it's not seasonal either so it's not as if like you do this now and then we've got down we've got pre-season yes. then we can ease up a little bit it's 365 days of the year pretty much and you get off on every other saturday the rail lads and the lot of guys we work with and that especially the, the highway stuff can be seven days a week anyway and that's guys, proven through covid right because covid like you said that, that didn't stop all of a sudden they didn't go right let's stop yeah the infrastructure of this nah. country because we, that, we, then it would go down the pan, right? We had um, a porter cabin for six people, for 25 of us, in the height of the first lockdown. And the whole world was going, I was going to supermarkets, he can't come in here without being two metres in front of me. And I thought, hang on a sec, me and for 25 of these blokes here are sharing a microwave, everyone sharing cutlery, whatever you think, we're all trying to do what we could. Mm. And you're sharing and, one portly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and we, the guys had shower curtains in their van because the health and safety was saying, we need to, if you're in the van together... You can't be. You can't literally. They, they'd driven an hour and a half with a shower curtain just across the across the seats <laughs> to separate them in the van. It's you just, just like, like, what are you doing? No, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, it was just kind of like we're in. Yeah, as soon as we get to work, we're in the same portal cabin mm. together anyway. So what, yeah, but if, just, if if the if the government or, or the country needs that, it doesn't matter. You you can just, just yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah it's that one portal. Hundred percent. Twenty five. You twenty six. Yeah, it's like yeah. One wall for one and. 
you know, this needs to be done, therefore, you know, you can... When push you know, comes to show, yeah, yeah, it all goes out the window. I used to have it all the time. One week would be, this week would be about hitting a target and getting the big concrete jobs that we'd be on. We'd have, say, we'd be pouring concrete for 24, 25 hours, just it's a huge, huge concrete pause. And that week could be massively driven about hitting program, smashing program. And then the week after, when it's a bit of a, when that big pour was done, they would come out to hammer health and safety at you. There's a trip mm. hazard there, there's a this there, and this there, and this there. And you're thinking, hang on a sec, last week this was all completely out the window. You didn't know where you stood. And I remember probably, this was three or four years ago now, I remember being in a position just thinking my body, my head was going, I was shot like, not anxiety, I suppose, but might have been a bit of it. I was thinking, I'm a freelance worker at the time as well, and I know that I need to keep these people happy. I, was like, I just don't know how to keep them happy. And just yeah. go from one to the other. And it's probably one of the one of two bridges I've probably burnt over the years with people. I, I do quite well with not burning bridges, but that person then I just thought I've got no respect for you whatsoever yeah, for the way they used to do it. And they were the same people cut all these blokes like come yeah. away and uh, yeah, just literally not interested. But that's enough. what that's what I think the industry uh, sort of the message they give off of these young men is just like they're, they're just, just churning them through like a fucking mm. on a on a on a on a conveyor belt. Yeah, it's just like ah, oh, if they, I know a young another young lad, I know that he don't work, he don't work, he, he left school no qualifications. Uh, he's he's not really working, he's not really fussed. Get rid of him. It's like we're almost churning out young men on a conveyor belt um, doing... where people don't people don't give people don't give a shit. Let's be honest. You know, when do you ever hear about? Um, mental health uh, issues uh, or, mm. or in, in, in the construction world. It's like, no, they got to put up, they got to shut up and they got to do because if they don't, then who, who do you think they got to get to work? They got a fucking graph. They can't fucking moan and whinge. And yeah. and so when, it, when I hear mental health where it's so important in young men, especially with the suicide rates that go on, you never hear of, of mental health in the construction industry. Why is that? We are literally pushing why is it and never, pushing. Why is it not associated? There's two major issues that I think if, when you actually say them out, you probably think they can see why, but as a parent, I, st- I stand up and I say, I would not let my children go into the construction industry as we speak now. It's disgusting and disgraceful the way that's been dealt with. We've got a massive shortage of um, staff. We've got, there's not enough people. Everyone's crying out for people. And at the same time, every single person is we've got one of the worst industries is suicide at the moment. Yeah. And, and they're just saying, why can't we get people in? We can't understand. We can't recruit, can't recruit. I'm thinking, hang on a sec. You're promoting two things. We're short of men and we're also killing ourselves. As a, as a parent, I'm thinking, my son ain't coming into this industry yeah. if that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. And we have 36 average, on average, 36 um, people die on construction sites a year. That's dropped right down over the years since the Health and Safety Act. And yeah. that, that's, that's coming. That's worked wonders um, in terms of actual fatalities on site. So it's obviously still 36 too many. But yeah. We've got over 700 people that are killing themselves a year just in construction and nobody gives a fuck in, in the nicest yeah. of ways. And it's like, hang on They don't come hand in hand, do they? The amount of jobs and blokes I've seen get sacked for not wearing glasses and gloves and not once anyone... I've been there before and I've gone... They've took it out on someone and I've stood up for someone and she said, the guy just lost his dad three weeks ago and all you're having to go at him is because his gloves aren't... He's got holes in his gloves. Like the the yeah, guy's yeah. got a bit of... He's got, there's more to him than just a ground worker sort of thing. And they would hammer these people and then she's, and just literally, and they'd be spat out again. And I think, Anderson, there's more to this person than that. that we've all, we are all people. We've all got stories, all got families and loved ones away mm-hmm. from work. Why, why is it like this? And, mm-hmm. But we've got all these people killing ourselves and nobody's doing anything. And it's yeah. not so much, and I, and I take, and I run my own business as well, and I know the pressures of a job and getting it done. There is no time, that downtime or pre-season kind of thing. There is none of that. So there is no time. It's just drive, drive, drive. But the only way I believe that that can be controlled is the health and safety executive, HSC, gets involved and should turn up at least because they're they're doing nothing at the moment. They need to change legislation and law needs to come in that these companies can control it. Because at the moment what you've got is companies are all running, including myself with construction sport and what we do. We're all running our own direction trying to do something to make it work. But none of us ultimately know because we're just construction people. We need professionals outside. Mm -hmm. 
And we need funding to come in. What that she says, this needs to be looked at serious because it's not being dealt with serious. But the, these companies, even the top top companies in that around the country, need to be given a break. They need to build into their programs time where they can have a little bit of downtime, a little bit of pre-season, something where people can actually have a breather because yeah. no one's getting it at the moment. Even if it's one day or... Mm-hmm. I've, I've been in before, they have these days there for safety stand-downs, but they, 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 a lot of companies use it as a sales field to go in and sell yeah, the safety stuff. But um, it's, it, it, it's not, there's no actual... So until health and safety executive looks at it, I've actually looked at it as well. Another thing, a little call out to them. Hopefully they'll listen to this podcast, but they haven't. They won't speak to me yet because I'm just a ground worker. But one day just I'll get a there. Ground worker. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I, I've said the health and safety executive should be held responsible, like the NFL were held responsible in terms of negligence with head injuries. So the NFL, well, the RFU now are doing it as well with head injuries and things like that. People have been yeah, been held accountable. Because when you look at the definition of what negligence is, it's understanding there's a problem and not doing nothing about it. HSC knows two people are killing themselves a day and knew it was two people a day before COVID. So what is that now, all these years later? Yep. And the HSC still have not put any legislation in place to say, you need to work to this. All they're saying to people is, oh, you've got to look at this. There's no actual written guidance yeah. of a stern, strong message to say you need to do something. Yeah, there um, needs to be more in place for to, yeah, to structure. be able to... Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah structure. Yeah, and we've got it now. There's, there's, hold people and things accountable for Yeah, yeah. and it's not... So, but I started really looking into this path of what I do now, probably six years ago, of actually doing some on-sites. And then since then, nothing's been done. But at the same time, I kind of think these companies are all petrified of saying how bad it is as well. I know three weeks ago, it have been too gory, but three weeks ago, a guy cut his own throat in the middle of London on a building site, one of the biggest sites in the UK. Slit his own throat and put a knife. It didn't work, so he didn't put the knife in his neck. I heard that from a very, very close contact of mine who manages something there. Mm. And then uh, six weeks ago, a man jumped off a bridge and landed on a building site in front of a very good pal of mine, a project manager in Kent. Um... And then nothing said on there. And then a the guy literally yeah. stubs his toe on site. HSC comes involved and says, "No, there's a trip yeah. hazard there." And they're finding these companies for it. I'm like, "You're missing. You're no one's." But all these companies are petrified to announce yeah. these things in public because they think it's going to go towards damage their reputation Taboo, later. Yeah, yeah, but I think now is morally we're in such a better time now for one of these big companies to go and say, "We've just had this on our site and we're going to do something about it." How yeah. good that would and literally because every, every that, that would, yeah. that would um, interject. Yeah, because yeah. at the moment they're all hiding it and just pretending nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. But they were literally saying it's all happening away from it. These guys kill themselves away from the, yeah. the site at the weekend, so it's not really our problem. But I'm like, they're killing themselves on your sites now. Like, yeah. it's got that bad. Like the Do you think more like, can be done from the very off? So, for example, these young men that, that leave school, no qualifications, you know, they're, they've come from a troubled past. That's why probably they haven't done well at school. I'm not saying all children, but, you know, there's, there's always a, an underlying sort of issue, you know, when you when you don't, when you come out of school, no qualification. When you come out of school, you can't find a job. There's, there's something behind there. To be able to then jump into a job that has no background checks, yeah. that has no, you, you require no qualifications. You, these young men are probably coming into this job with mental health issues anyway. Done. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're coming yeah. into the job with mental health issues anyway. And then with the pressure and the banter and the way they should act, just adding to that mental health, um, to their mental health issues um, in a negative way. And therefore... No, 700 yeah. construction workers. It's like, yeah. that's 36, you know, on a, it's, yeah. those numbers, like you said, they're too many. Yeah. So should, do you reckon there should be a process of, of, and again, you know, this does give great opportunity to young people who aren't academic, and, but surely there should be some checks before actually going on to, to a site where, listen, you're going to, 
you, you, you know, you're going to be torn to shreds, you yeah. know, banter wise. You're going to be have to, you know, you're going to have to graft every minute of every single day, you know, yeah. without any let up. You're going to have to physically, you know, push yourself to the limit um, every single day without without question. Surely there should be a, maybe we can, it can be done where that can be prevented from the very off. Yeah, definitely. It can be controlled. Certainly yeah. to be put in. So we always put, what you find as well, I suppose, again. Is there nothing in place for this? Not particularly. No, no. Nothing. No, companies try and do their own little thing, but it's kind of that you just go out there. You get pretty much a CSCS card. You can go and do a touchscreen test. It takes you a half hour and then you're on to any sign in the UK bit pretty much. And that's it. And it's just what, it's on like, site on, on a building on, site. You, 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 um, yes, uh, yeah. You go into a room. They've got ten computers. Like a theory test. They yeah, do the same yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, things yeah. like that. So yeah. they go in and do a touch screen, get through that, and then that that card will then get you pretty much onto any some of the biggest projects in the UK. The rail side's a little bit different, uh, but even the highway stuff, you can literally walk straight onto onto a, one of these big jobs. Mm. And like I say, you could go. And, you could probably go and do a, a course for a week or two, get your digger ticket. And then drive a digger what weighs 30, 40, 50 tonne, even excess of that. And suddenly someone actually goes, does anyone actually know this guy's a complete lunatic? Yeah, yeah, he has some yeah, real yeah. issues yeah. in the most respectful way. And you've put him in charge of that machine. And be like, oh, is he? Oh, what are we doing? Oh, sorry, he's got his tickets. It's fine. We just need, we need ticketed yeah, men. He's There's got no, a ticket. He's, he's there to do the job. Yeah, let him crack on. And I believe there could be, because the CSCS card has got that. So you go on there. In the rail world, you get it. Every time you get another ticket in the rail, it goes onto your card. So every time you go, and your card's scanned pretty much day in, day out, and you're checked pretty much so you've got that. Now, even if you could just have, not mental first aid, I don't really agree with that. And mm. I think it's been a load of rubbish and it's proven to be uh, that it doesn't work. What's this? But, um, go and go back to that because that's quite interesting that you say that. Mental health first aid England have got a course, two day course that yeah. they do. And, yeah, and it's what's very that much, about? Um, it, it pretty much, it's first aid for people with mental health. Some someone with mental health first aider basically, and you become a mental health first aider by doing a two day course. But have you done it? I did it. Yeah. Is and it three weeks later? I had a phone call from a bloke saying, um, "I'm on the edge of." He rang me up and said he was on the edge of a river somewhere. I don't know what it was. And he, I was at home with my missus at the time, nine mm. o'clock at night. And he and I said to him, "Not being rude, but where'd you get my number?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he yeah. said, oh, "A guy I know works on the site you work on. He said that you could help me." I was like, "Huh." I said, yeah, I've done, I've worked on the site of it, but I'm apparently a mental health first aid, or just means I've been made aware of this course and these are spot the signs. These people, it's been sold and coming across to the people who don't know what it's about, really, that you're a, a lifesaver. And where was, he? Where, what was he? where was he? It was on the edge of a river somewhere. I don't know where. Right. Um, and then, just fancy uh, to swim. God knows, yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah, just one of those nights. Sorry, yeah. the band yeah. coming out. <laughs> oh, I got my towel ready, I was about to go meet him. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, so I literally got on the phone to him, I was like, mate, I said, let me ring him, so I rung a charity, a helpline on the charity, I said, look, this guy's in a bad way, he needs mm. to speak to someone, they said, oh, if you can pass his number, can get us a give it call, we can't call him, I was like, well, what good is that? I said, he doesn't want to talk to you, but I'm, I'm now distracted yeah. too, so I come off, hung up, rung up 999 and was like this guy's in a bad place and selfishly hands up I thought to myself he's going to top himself here and they're going to look at his phone I'm going to be the last one he spoke to and they're going to yeah. be going to me yeah, what did you say to him <laughs> yeah. your response no and then suddenly I was like no 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 this was like this was six years ago and I just went out there then I was like this isn't right this Something what we're needs doing. to be done. Yeah, and I did just so when it's more than just a two day course thing and mm -hmm. there's something right here and I see it now, day in, day out. It's been flogged like a dog at the horse. It's literally sold and sold and sold. And then construction is a thing in construction it's a, companies. It's a box ticking exercise. Massively. And yeah. these companies making so much money out of these courses. And it's just like, but what we're seeing, I, go, I deal with, try and deal with people directly on the ground rather than the middle management. And that's mm. the middle management the ones getting these, this ticket yeah. as such. But the guys on the ground have no even awareness training or any yeah. kind of education. And they say about stigma in construction. But 
to be honest, my own, that's how I'm not academic, but the way I look at stigma is a stigma is just a pretty much that you don't understand something. So mm-hmm. if you can educate someone around the subject, then that yep. stigma disappears. Mm-hmm. So why can't we, if we are actually serious about people to stop killing themselves, everybody gets put through some kind of awareness training, just the yep. little things where you can spot the signs. Not, it could be an hour, it's not even just a briefing for two minutes, because that's what they do now, you go out and read a brief. I had a friend of mine worked... Um, a massive project in London um, for another one of the biggest contractors. I was with him yesterday morning. And he said, Steve, I went on there. He said it was embarrassing. They One slide touching it for 10 seconds. The guy doing the induction felt awkward talking about it. So he yeah, just moved yeah, on. Because yeah, people don't know anything about it. So yeah. like, if you can educate a few people just to let them know, these are what the crack is. This is Because at the moment, they say just go, anxiety, depression, they just say like all these random things and these are the problems. It's like, well, no, but then problems will come from something else. Yeah, yeah. So course. why are we just, we're just trying to, blanket things have over. You, have you suffered from, throughout your construction, have you suffered from any sort of mental health issues? Yeah. Or, yeah talk so to me about that. Mine started really, I suppose my pathway with it, I'd, I'd never really looked at it and I never actually, I was probably Did you fall into, time. sorry, did you fall into the whole construction sort of banter, lads drinking heavily and then, then was that the, the lead up to your... Yeah, my sort of kind think? of story of it is kind of, I was involved in 2008, I had sulfuric acid thrown on me. Um, back where we're not far from us here what, on, a, uh, on a site no on a Friday night out I just played at a rugby oh, tournament so away hell. from work yeah yeah but away from work that happened and um, yeah in, in, in a round, on, so round what, attack what happened I got literally been playing rugby that Friday night big um, charity dude we went to South End down that way come back from there got dropped off at our local kebab shop as you do <laughs> kebab van a big crew of us turned up the kebab van and uh yeah, went there and then everybody I was with um, in the minibus as such all my, all my mates all live one side of town I lived the other um, so I walked home, was going to walk home on my own. I bumped into a big crowd of lads that I knew from school. They yeah. were no direct threat to me. I knew a lot of them quite closely, to be honest, as well. Yeah. We'd, we'd knocked around with each other for a long time, but they were very much a different crowd at school than what I was involved in. Um, and then, yeah, they were walking along, and one of them said, I've got sulfuric acid on me, and I looked at it and I just kind of thought, I naively, to this day, I honestly thought, it must be a drug or he sniffs it or yeah, something yeah, like that. I, I had yeah, no yeah, interest, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, so yeah. I'd had a load just, of beers. Just went over your head. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, part of the party, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> in shit. the end. <laughs> yeah, that one coming in. So we're literally, we're walking, we're walking back. I've ignored it. And um, yeah, next thing you know, um, one of them had a big litre bottle of WKD. Um, and three innocent guys come walking towards him and uh, towards all of us. And we just passed each other in a big alleyway. And then one of the boys just wrapped this WKD bottle straight across one of them's nose. And the three innocent guys walking towards us didn't even see it coming. Like, and it just hit him straight on the, straight on the bonds, shall we say. And then um, mm. he was down. And then um, I knew straight away that they did nothing wrong. And I thought, they've done nothing wrong. So what the hell has he done that for? So yeah, I yeah. stepped in the middle, just literally stuck. An exchange of words were happening, so we say, politely. And then... Um, Next thing you know, they, they, one of them walked towards me and I thought, all right, here we go. So I thought, right. Now I'm honestly swimming off. I always remember thinking, I've just played in a 10s rugby tournament for the last two, three hours. I'm beaten up already. So mm. I'll do what I need to do, just swing. And I'm going to, that's 10 of them. It's going to get the better of me eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I'm always thinking, I'll go down, I'll just cover my head up and just take the kicks. Yeah, and yeah, tomorrow just... I'll wake up just battered and bruised as I already am, to be honest. So but fair enough. So as soon as I pulled my arm back and just went to go, literally, bang, I just felt this come across the side of my face, a spray. And um, yeah, went across, yeah, across my eye, 
there went into my cornea, done a bit of clean shaving, see a little bit. There's only a few weeks after Katie Piper that, that yeah, happened. Yeah, um, that I, was big. That was, um, so, I mean, yeah. big not as in the story, but acid at that time. It, it, it become fashionable. People just like yeah. splashing it like for fun, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, so I'd never heard of it. or I don't think I've heard of it today, or in the Katie Piper thing, I think, that would say mm. that happened to her. And she obviously got a hell of a lot of it directly in the face as such. Fucking Mine kind cowards. of sprayed. Um, yeah, and it, it went across me. I picked the guy up who was on the floor. Um, so they'd done that and then kind of, I think they just ran off in the end. And um, I leant over and picked up the guy whose face was in a bad way. And um, yeah, I remember grabbing the scruff of his neck and just lifted him up and he was petrified thinking I was about to go at him as well. I said, I'm not with you and I'm not with him either. I said, but you come with me now, I'm in trouble. So if you want to get away from this, come with me. So yeah. I ran to the, back to the kebab shop, if in doubt, go yeah. to the kebab shop. <laughs> in doubt, jump over <laughs> the counter. <laughs> and I did, I said, I need water. And they unloaded the, literally the fridge um, of water in this kebab shop. We're just giving it to me. I just she diluted my face. I, I didn't know. Again, did I listen? Did I listen at school? Is there one thing I listened to? And I remember him saying acid. We put water on it, maybe. But yeah. I think the heat of the face. So I could tell that I needed to put water on it and um, yeah. diluted it down. And then, um, fortunately, um, yeah, being where, where I live is only down the road from Billericay Burns Unit at Brumfield, and that's one of the best Burns units in, in the world. It's known as. So I was in their hands within an hour. Um, oh, it took half hour for an ambulance or a police to turn up. Yeah. But the policeman held my chin, and he had burns down his arm. So even come up in court that they potentially look at doing them for assaulting the police, even though like it yeah, was like yeah, not in the same area, mm-hmm. but it ran down my face, down his arm. Um, and yeah, so that happened. Um, that went through obviously all the, all the kind of court case, all that kind of stuff that, that happened. Um, and I'd done really well. So my eye was damaged in the corner, but my vision was back in a couple of days. I don't think I could see properly out of that eye for a couple of days and then it was mm-hmm. back. Um, and then fortunately there was some amazing people, family around me that looked after me. And then... Um, yeah, everything happened really quick, and then the papers got hold of it. It was in, it was in the Sun newspaper. Got my brother ran me up, and she said, "Steve, I know somebody works in the Sun. You're gonna you're gonna have two or three weeks off work here. You might be able to get your, get your, cover your money." And, I was, <laughs> and that was it. And I went, "How much they want to give you're you like, for yeah, <laughs> yeah, And I was sixteen. I went to give you five hundred quid. I went, "Go on, then I'd have that. Yeah, yeah lovely." So they gave me five hundred quid. I sold it to the Sun. So how and long then, are you uh, off for? Two weeks, and then I literally, as soon as the scabs were firm, I was back at the building site. Welcome to my Mind Over Muscle Festival, hosted by myself and Middleton. You're in trouble. Now, once you go through these gates, there's no going back. Let's do this. With 250 acres to play with and to fill, come along, fill it up, and come play with Team Ant. My Mind Over Muscle Festival, hosted by myself, Ant Middleton, is open to all. Come along, face your fears, and unlock your true potential. This festival is open to all abilities. It will be action-packed, fear-defying, and a coming together of positive, like-minded people encapsulated with the main ingredient, fun. Yeah. And does that affect you psychologically? I, I... I'm very much, I need to crack on. I need to do it. I need to go. Yeah. I can't sit there. I can't sit indoors. And but I, that's what's expected feet. of you anyway. Yeah, yeah, so 100%. It, it, All it was, as long as I know this cement isn't going to start getting into it, yeah. I, the guy I work with, and it, I was only on a local company then as well, and they were brilliant for me, actually. And he said, you just take whatever you need off. But I knew myself, I, I want to get on and crack on. I need, mm-hmm. need to earn some money. I need to pay the phone bill. That's what I had then. Yeah. There was no yeah, worries. Exactly. It was the phone bill. The, um, the old Ericsson. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, I got back on site as quick as I could. Um, and then probably four or five months later, six months later, um, that all healed up really well. And I'd, I'd done quite good, um, fortunately, in the hands of the right people. And then, um, 
Yeah, I think then my, my missus they started turning around. I started waking up at one o'clock in the morning, just not, not really sleeping properly. And um, oh, just after the event, after yeah, so six months later, I just kind of thought, yeah, and I just thought I just, just can't sleep properly. Can't so, sleep, yeah, yeah. 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 And then I never really mind sticking, of it. can't sleep. Yeah, yeah. I never said was it nightmares and flashbacks and things, but I never had. It would never have been. I never had flashbacks to that night or nightmares of that. I always just got done by things like WhatsApp videos and things what blokes send around when you get this random gory video of someone yeah. breaking the leg or, yeah. or just all these fights or assaults or random stuff, non-associated. Which you have night. about ten a day. Ting ting ting. Just, like, yeah, yeah, even yeah, to this I day, like. I sit down like now, just push it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just literally blokes WhatsApps and yeah. um, or just online stuff. As since then, everything goes on bloody line, doesn't it? But mm. the. Um, and things like that started just playing a bit of havoc. And um, I went from there to then thinking, how can I get around this? And I'd noticed that, again, with work, if I grafted my ass off, I could sleep all right. And so I literally just did. We were working around the other side of the M25 at the time, two or three hours there, 10 hours on site, two or three hours back. We started standing in the digs down there to kind of ease up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then we just got on the beers every night because we was down at the digs. So we just got on the beers. We, had, we worked next door to McDonald's. So we was having McDonald's for breakfast, lunch and dinner and then beers all night. And that was yeah. pretty much work for a good few weeks, a mm -hmm. um, few months really. Uh, and then it was almost as in like I could sleep properly then and that's fine. I thought hit the booze heavy and then when I go back and play rugby on a Saturday and hit the booze heavy, I'd sleep fine again. I thought, oh, this is brilliant. I've, I've, I've now You found stuff. a cure as Yeah, such. yeah, yeah. And it was just a blank. And it was kind of like, I looked at it now and people said, I spoke to a few professional people and they said, you physically dealt with it or you mentally dealt with it absolutely fine, mm. but you physically, your body can keep up with that. So mm. something had to give and your mental health wasn't going to because you just accepted it. But yeah. your body was like, I can't keep up with this. And I started pretty much without being too gory, and people might be eating their dinner, but eating, um, <laughs> might start bleeding, going to the stomach and just going, yeah. to, going to the toilet and bleeding bad. And I'd be like, oh, that's not right. It's and abuse then, of, your, of yeah, your system, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I started getting looking, it started getting a little bit worse. And I spoke yeah. to my missus about it. She supported me all the way. And then um, went to the doctor. Didn't, and now thinking back, I probably didn't tell him how bad it was because I was 21 years old. I just wanted to just, yeah, don't go to the doctor and tell him about and no, back to, and my back yeah. doors hanging. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 we're not going with my Yeah, my brother-in-law said it. He said to me, sister, careful. He said, I went to see him once. He took his watch off. And I was like, yeah, and from that day on. Like yeah. Well, he actually lost his watch on with, with me. So beat that one. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we're going to get these checks and they're done. And I've put my hands up now. Anyone who's given the problems like this, just go and get it done. It's, you might yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it, Steve? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, I can't comment. <laughs> Stop winking at me, Steve. Stop winking at me. Yeah, the, um, so I, yeah, got the and then I think because I was that age, I just didn't really care. And I was just mm. like, just let me get back out and let me crack on, let yeah. me crack. And I am always, everyone says, Steve, you go a million mile an hour and just see grenades behind you. Yeah. And um, and I was just like, okay, get on. And then literally I got to a point that I realised I'd lost a bit of weight. Someone said, look, you've done some weight. And then I noticed that I was playing rugby and I couldn't shake off bruises or little injuries. And I was like... Because your immune system was... Something yeah, was going wrong, yeah. Nutrition... Huge, yeah. um, sleep, lack of sleep, fucking yeah. hell, abusing your body with alcohol, and your immune system yeah. and your recovery it ain't, it ain't going to be there. No. Full stop. No. Full stop. I know it all too well because yeah. the way that I've had to sort of really look after my body in combat, whatever it may be. Um, and then, yeah, that's the bleeding, the bruises. Yeah. It's like you, you it can't keep up. Yeah. So, right? I, so, yeah, exactly that. So it just went... Got to a stage, I remember driving, I'd literally drive to work the van, two hours in the van. I thought, I need to, literally, I need to park up next to this port loo because as soon as I take, so I stand yeah. up and gravity kicks in, I'm in trouble here. Yeah. And it would just bleed and, I was, and it was bad. And I thought, no, nah, I need this, needs to get checked. And then I went home one night and then she 
spent a few hours in the toilet and then literally um, in the morning the boys turn up in the van again the most cliche gang of construction workers turn up the Albanian lad Jimmy in the van with seven cans of Red Bull and 40 fags in his hand <laughs> Ray was uh, yeah, skinhead tattooed up to, right to the top and um, they'd be coming you're pouring concrete today and I was like alright cool and then my missus just said no you're not going to work she said you're going to hospital getting checked because this I'm not having this anymore and I was like we're pouring concrete. Like, this is a big day. I was yeah. like, we can't, when concrete comes, even the cleaners yes. get given a shovel. It's like, everybody mm. crack on. Like, it's, yeah. it was, Level it's, that it, out. And you build up to them days. I love it because mm. literally you build up and build up for a massive day on site and you think, right, concrete's coming today. This is a big, mm. big push now. And, um, mm. and you do what you do with the team and that. And, um, I love that, that you just mentioned that. Yeah. Do you know what? Because not a lot of people will see that from that point of view. You know, you've put all the infrastructure in place. You've put, you know, you've done the, yeah. the, the tricky stuff and now it's just a concrete pour, hard day of graft, getting all that almost... Laying the foundations. That's, that's exactly a, that. That's yeah. brilliant that you yeah. said that. Because we build up three people months. just think that you just grab a trowel, grab a thing, and it's just like, oh, what are we doing today? But it's almost yeah. a build up to to those moments. Yeah, there's a big, and I suppose and it's it's, good that it is. I don't, I don't you understand it more. I don't from a military perspective, but it's a military operation. The way that we'd be literally lined up, we'd be like, right, lorries are turn at four o'clock in the morning, and the shifts going on for thirty six hours, and it needs to move, and everything's mm-hmm. yeah, and it, all these processes are in yeah, place. Like so. And when someone says, you know, you can't go because this, I was like, no, no. She's like, someone will look after that concrete. You're going to the hospital. And I was like, so I went to the boys in the van. But if you um, didn't have your missus, you would have gone into that yeah, van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just think how yeah. many how many yeah. young men or how many men. Still getting in that van. Still getting in that van. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I didn't. And um, I went in that day. Because I remember actually, I, I didn't go out until the boys in the van. My missus did. And I remember looking out the window and she went out to the window. <laughs> And, uh, and I thought, and I thought that they're a big, they're a big, uh, yeah, big ugly bunch of groundworks in there. They'll, they'll tell her where to go, and literally they all put. The, I don't know what she said, but yeah, women, women pulled rank. It was. Yeah, uh, yeah. They went okay, nodded like dogs, and then they took off. And uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I went into hospital that morning and then spoke to the doctors, and uh, yeah, out come the glove again. And then yeah. uh, they literally said, "You're not going nowhere. Um, we need to put some more checks into place." And they'd done some more checks, and a couple of days later, they, they kept me in overnight for a few nights, and then they said. Uh, You've, they kept you in from that moment. Yeah, from that moment. Then. And then right. 10 weeks later, I come out. I literally, they turned around and said to me, uh, ultraviolet colitis I had of the stomach. So from the large intestine to your colon, you get Crohn's is from your mouth to your, I believe. So I know mm-hmm. uh, from what I've learned, mm-hmm. is your mouth, literally, as soon as you start your mouth to the end of your small intestine, is you can get Crohn's. And then from your large intestine to the end of your colon, the other end uh, is literally ultraviolet colitis. And then that, is part of forms your immune system, um, IBD, irritable bowel syndrome, IBS stuff. stuff, yeah, and um, IBS or IBD, I think it classed as, and um, they kind of said to us, that is, um, that's what it is, and they said, however, you've got it at the start of your colon, um, that on your colon, like the large intestine where it meets the colon, and mm-hmm. also at the start of your large intestine, the middle section's fine. I was like, okay, what does that mean? They said, we're going to have to remove it, and I was like, just do what you need to do, just crack on, I just want to get back out, and just crack on, I can't be handling mm-hmm. this, and um, and then they tried me on all these different drugs. It didn't work. They said, we've got to operate. And they said, you're going to be literally going to have a bag attached to you after that. You'll have a stoma. And I was like, okay, no worries. Just Again, just don't care. Don't care. Just do what you've got to do. I want to crack on. I want to crack on. Just And then the doctor come in and sat me down. I was like, you need to take this seriously sort of thing. And um, he showed me a few pictures. And the only thing I can always imagine it is there's a big, quite a few people out there now who have stomas and have a bag attached to them. And uh a lot of people, it gives a lot of people a better life in compared to what they were suffering with before. So a lot of them choose not to reverse it in the end. Um, but I, I had it, and it always reminded me of the top of Ivian cap bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the red. The red, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the thing there. And I said, yeah, what's that? I said, it's like a little, just a cap I can just take on and off. He said, no, 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 it's your large intestine. And I was like, huh? I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, that'll be kind of like just sits outside your stomach and then this bag goes over the top. 
and then that's where you'll pass for the time whilst we let you, whilst we open you up and do what we need to do. So, yeah, I had 34 staples down the hole in my stomach. I think it was about eight inches, an eight, nine inch long scar at the time. And I opened it up and operated and the bag went to the side. And then... Uh, then you knew it's fucking serious. Right? Yeah, I woke like, up in the morning. Oh. I was like, ah, this isn't right, is it? Yeah, and then I remember I was in a ward. Um, so I remember going straight. I remember speaking to the surgeon there and then. There's a few stories about this surgeon. He's a great guy. And he... Um, and I sat him there and I said, is this cancer? I said, because I don't know like what it is. And he was like, it's not, but if we don't operate now, it'll perforate and it'll become blood poison and it can lead to this. And and I, I was very close. I think, I don't know how close I was from the perforate, but they literally said that we can't risk anything now. We've got to go for it. So they'd done it, but I was in a cancer ward. So I was in a ward literally with all these people who are in horrendous time and you're seeing it face to face of what cancer does to people and all these different people around you. And it was just like, this is savage. Like, there was one guy opposite me who was, choked in the morning and died of pneumonia by the night time because he had fluid on his lung and I was just there thinking and then this guy next to me wow, was the same and this other yeah, ago, and now he's yeah, gone. yeah yeah and it was like day in day out do you think that in. could be me uh it was kind of I don't think I really thought it was gonna be me it just literally told me like life could go like yeah. the, the guy choked this morning he's gone at nine o'clock at night sort of thing and there's one thing I always remember I don't really talk about that one actually but uh that was why I remember thinking that's how quick it can go well it goes quicker than that doesn't it? a split second it can go but I just thought this is this isn't right and um yeah and I, I, cause I, I was in this to, ward. need to take this here. I need to yeah I so to I noticed re, what can re, I do evaluate my life here yeah and, and it's gave you this, and I think that with age as well going through going through my 20s with it at the early 20s and then I had that operation the first one and then 10 months later the surgeon again I was at St Mark's Hospice in Harrow because they're the specialist Dr Faze his name is it was Omar Faze I bumped into him in the middle of Wandsworth at six o'clock in the morning three weeks ago. How mad is that? Twelve years ago, yeah. On a walk that we'd done, it was bizarre. He's walking nice. his dog. It was so nice. mad. The um, um, yeah. So he'd done the operation, and then literally ten weeks later, he said, "As soon as you're fit and healthy enough to go back on that table for me to operate, I will operate on you." He said, "Because a lot of the people have this or end of, kind of towards the end of their life." And he said, "Then we kind of we don't okay. rush it for them, but for you, I want you back out to live in it." So they did it. They yeah, they then. They then re-plumbed, they used my little small intestine to, they call it a J pouch, they used my small intestine to build a large intestine out of it. So they kind of split, folded six inches back of itself, opened it up and put it together. And then that was then attached to my codon again. And I think two years later, they attached it back up. And then, yeah, and I was back, oh. back, on, the, back on the pan, shall we say. Wow. <laughs> uh, but I said a few people said, what's it like going back on the pan after not using your toilet for, for two years? I said, it's the closest thing as an adult to getting a bike on Christmas Day as a kid. <laughs> I said, it was literally that. I said, it was literally, yeah. Yeah, and then from, that, from, then, from then, I literally just thought... And then I went back onto construction sites and I just... So you went straight back up, back yeah, out into construction Yeah, I think I, I said, my doctor said to me, I have 12, once the final operation was done... I opened it up again and made it longer. There was just like 56 staples on the last operation, on the second operation, I think. Um, it was a big one. And then they got that back up and had the stone, yeah, the stone was tucked all back in and put back on a construction, um, put back, literally good, fit and healthy again, got back into work. The company I was actually was with, were brilliant for me, actually. Um, a very good mate of mine, Sam Lewis, his company. They said to me, look, you're not you're not fit enough to be on the digging holes at the moment, but we know that mm. you can you can talk the game as such. So we'll put you through so your So there is, there is some... Yeah, there is love. There's a lot of good, is, very good people. Yeah, there's a you know with with these these hardened men. There, there's there's a there's a heart of gold as well. Mm. And normally when you find you've got you know, these old school gentlemen, all these grafters, you know they 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 they've got that hard exterior, but they've also got this this heart of a of a lion. They've also got this yeah. this warm heart as well. When you where, get yeah, when you when they get see that, you, they go right yeah. 
we, the line has been, we know enough is enough, right? You sit aside, boom, boom, we'll do this for you, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. so when, as soon as people push and push and push, and then when people realise that... Not when they break you, but people will then yeah, realise you, you earn that yeah, respect, yeah. and yeah, then yeah, course. people will go, "We'll do whatever we need to do for you." Yeah. So we know what you we so know what you do for the company, the military, sort of thing. Same yeah. Sort of thing. They and know then, who you are. They know what you're about. They know yeah. that you're actually you're dying to get back out on the ground. Yeah. But you're injured, or you know, you sit this one out. We do yeah. the job for you. Sort and of thing. the industry don't like it, and I think that it's a modern day society where it doesn't like it. But I think it's brilliant. I think it's the way it should be. I think mm. you go out there, you earn, earn your stripes, as you say, isn't it? You go and you show your you show what you're made of, and it brings the best out of you. And you don't learn from sitting back and. No. Not being pushed, do you? So no. um, I loved it and um, I still do. But yeah, as soon as I got back out, I said to the doctor, I said, I need to play rugby. And I was like, why? Oh, I said, I need to literally run into something. Yeah. I just need to. And uh, <laughs> she said, well, just do me a favour. Just go training for now. Don't play yet. And I thought, that's enough for me. I'm playing. Yeah, so yeah was, exactly. Was, was One back. training <laughs> session back into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, straight. Like, How are you getting on? Yeah, yeah. I'm still training. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so yeah, got back in that and then went back on the building sites. And I'd always just touch on it. Um I always say to blokes, I say, if you're bleeding red, it's not too bad. Oh no, if you're, if you're bleeding red, it's not too bad. But if it's a bit darker, you might be concerned. And people will go, what are you talking about? And then mm. I just keep touching it with things like that. Yeah, and the amount of blokes that step forward to me and go, like, pull me to one side and go, Steve, I've had this or that. I mean, yeah. just go get yourself checked, mate. And they go yeah. and check and they go, oh, it's all fine, it's all fine. But it's that peace of mind because when they haven't got that peace of mind, it just turns to worry. And then the worry kills people. But even make, checking you know? yourself out for some people in the, in the, well, from all people in the construction industry that are abusing their bodies, yeah, you know, sure. With 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 work with with hard manual labour and also at the weekend, get yourself checked out every six months. Yeah, now go for that routine. Yeah. Even, even if, if even if a policy comes in from from the company, that's like they're your workers. You have a care of duty for that person. Work them if they love. It's like racehorses. They love race. Race them into the. They love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Same with grafters. Grafters love to graft. Like you said, you're waiting for that moment. Bang! It's like us in the military. You know, we train and train and train really hard for that. You know, to get on the, on the battlefield. You know, but. Have that duty of care when when something goes wrong. And look after all the plant. The plant yeah. machinery gets yeah. all the health checks every week. A ticket all off. <laughs> every shift. Fucking great they, point, mate. Yeah. That's <laughs> a great point. Every shift they have to sign off that the machine's not been there tampered with and it's all okay. But the person operating it doesn't doesn't matter. That's a great point, mate. Yeah. We love we're laughing yeah. about it. But yeah. that's a fucking it's great 100%. point. Yeah, yeah. Where, where's the last health check for the guy that's driving the machine? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that should be in place, I reckon. Yeah, hundred percent. There's no wow. reason why it can't be. I say they've done it for health and safety with all the PPE. Glasses, gloves, mm. on the top end of the industry, like mm. the real big projects where you can't. But that is falling. So I worked at the bottom doing landscaping and driveways and patios and that. That They wouldn't have had any of that PP at the start. And they would have already said, at the start, they would say, oh, it's just for the big jobs. We don't care. But I drive past jobs now. The blokes have got masks on and they are wearing gloves. And they're mm. out of their own choice because they know it will look after them. So people mm. are realising these things are in place. So that health and safety kind of, HSC kind of side of it, mm with just physical health, has is falling for them. People are looking after themselves a bit more. But in terms of the mental health, it's not being done any of it. But if they do it at the very, very top and say, we're allowing X amount of time, and that's why my actual... Mental original... health and, and, and physical well-being. Those yeah. two come hand in hand, especially in the construction industry. It's like, yeah, if we expected these guys to, to, to work, we've got to give them this benefit here of being yeah. checked over psychologically evaluated not to the point where you have to pick into it but it's just like hey, anything going on no no anything affecting your work no no but you know yeah. just, a, just a caring fucking voice that they can go they know when yep. the shit hits the fan or when that when that that scale of banter is tipped is a case yeah. of we, you, you can always put your hands up and go guys you know yeah. let's, let's you know someone to go to or so, something yeah. to but and that's again, with it with the one what I've noticed a lot at um, that on his 
We don't go to the middle management for help. And that. The people we go to help and the people we trust and love and we, who know more about than us than anyone, anyone else in the world is the bloke in the van with you. It's the gang. You have three or four mm-hmm. man gangs, especially scaffold gangs with three of us, ground workers. We'd have three of us, maybe five of us in a van. And that, mm-hmm. so we'd have a little, but that, that crew, that, you know, say anyone listening, any crew, crews of construction workers driving or gangs of construction workers driving in the UK, that tight knit group you've got in that van, you're with them more than your missus. They're your people. They're your men. Yeah, and yeah, they know yeah, when you yeah. get in that van, the tone of your voice, if something's bad. And just so your demeanour, just yeah. the way you're looking, yeah. eye contact, it's like something's up. Yeah, that's where the education and the training needs to be for these guys to know, do you know how do you boys know how to look after each other? Because yeah. I promise you now, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone to any of these guys above me at all. Yeah. I'd always, that, that tight-knit group of lads in the van were the best. And like I say, one of them would be from across Europe who's driven, who's driven up in like, so the Al- very good pal of ours, Jimmy, Albanian guy. He grew up in whatever his life was like in Albania as a kid, and he come from whatever he'd come from. Mm. And then other lads, a military lad as well. He was uh, Royal Welsh Guards. Um, he went through a traumatic school, kicked out of school all the way. I think you probably mm. understand this more, but he pretty much, the, with the Royal Welsh Guards, he said he got told you can go to prison or you can join the army. And he took the army route. But he'd done Bosnia and Afghanistan and Iraq, I think mm. it was. He was literally... He literally openly admitted it, riddled with PTSD, and he suffered massively. It was trigger words that we couldn't use. Well, he said, I can't listen to. Mm-hmm. And it, well, that, that's the, just not, just PTSD doesn't, doesn't just um, fit no, in with the military. No. It's yeah, PTSD yeah, with yourself. Yeah. PTSD so with stru- this, you know, it's it's yeah. all over. Something that triggers you into that mental health sort of failure, that mental health glitch. Yeah. So this it's, is another one that I'm hugely, hugely passionate about. And I said, my dad's always been a military man all his life and all that. Yeah. So I've been very much growing up and my granddad was in terms of listening to their, their what, what they kind of know and um, have learned. And uh, then I've always gone to, and obviously I'd suffered with, obviously with what was diagnosed after three sessions of counselling. They said he got PTSD and I just mm-hmm. kind of went, I'm not in the army, I'm not military, I'm not interested. No, so I was like, I don't warrant it at the end of the day. So I, I'll just crack on. So I ignored it and I ignored it. Um, and then I, as much as I could. And then pretty much... Um, but now I speak to all these guys on sites and the only way I, I liken it to is it's very different as I'm, again, you would notice for sure. But from what we see on site, I, f- to me is what I'd imagine. It's, you've seen people squashed by machinery. I've seen people on the front of decorated front across trains. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen literally work, the limbs get cut off of stuff, literally just for, and we're never ever checked or asked, are you all right? Or do you see? And, but, and I always say That's PTSD right there. Yeah, and I, I had one guy said to me, I said, um, Graham, I said, and he's no, it wasn't Graham, I'll just say this is the thing, but it's it's similar. The um mm. he um I said to him, We've got days and nights next week. What do you want? He said, Stay nights. He said, I can't do days. And I was like, Why is that? He said, I can't do them. He said, I've not done I've not done day um I've only done nights the last twenty years. I went, Why? He said, oh. I said, just a favour. Yeah, well, I said I said, I'm not I said I'm he didn't know what I do with construction sport at the time. Mm. But I said, are you right? I said, genuinely out of interest. He said, yeah. He said, I witnessed um, a fatality 20 years ago. And he said, to that day, I can't sleep properly at night. So I can only sleep, I can only sleep when the sun's up. He can't sleep in the dark. And that was his thing. And the smell, the smell, the smell would come over him, he said. Literally, he said, the smell comes over me and I can't, and I can't sleep in the dark. Um, and he was in his 70s, late 60s. And he's got his last 25 years of his life like that. Because that's what that was that that's that generation that ever yeah, like yeah. put up and shut up and yeah, don't say so, nothing. And, yeah, and he's still out there now, still working, cracking on doing the same stuff. I know he is. I see, I see him online, but he would do that, and then other lads would be, um, yeah, notice stuff, witness stuff, and all the respect, not all the respect, but everything goes to a fatality happens on site, and all the attention of everyone from the company goes towards this person who's died, and my way of looking at it is in the most it comes across unrespectful but 
that guy's gone. It's mm. done. There's, mm. there's no like yeah. we can't do nothing about that. Yeah. That's got. But there's, we, there's, what we can do is help. In place for that person already. So yeah, run for we, that, so yeah. yeah. There's a bigger picture. Yet the yeah. family needs support and the mm. people who love ones mm. away from there. But there's 25 blokes on this side. I've just watched that, and 25 people aren't going to be 100 percent clear for the next however long. Yeah. Um, and but and this, that's what's going to keep the infrastructure um, yeah. going. And the, those the people function, aren't. But those yeah. people aren't being looked after. And that's coming continent. through. Yeah, that's coming through now, and we're seeing it day and day. And that's why I, I literally went out there. They started saying figures and stats and that what being put out from a corporate world about the problems in the industry. And I was thinking, they were saying one in four is affecting that. And I was like, it's a hundred percent of us out there have had something or seen something, especially in the rail side. We'd, we'd stop a stop a line. Hundred percent. Yeah, day in day out working the rail rail sector, especially now with COVID, and it's the public outside of it as well. But. I've closed lines before on a railway line and then the signals run me up and says, Steve, could you do us a favour? Could you just step aside? I just need to bring one train through and then I'll give it back after. Yeah, no problem. And he says, do us a favour, don't look at the train. It was involved in a fatality last night. Should never have said that because as soon as you say yeah, don't. It's like, <laughs> the boys yeah. are just like that. Mm, mm, mm. And we see things that we'd never, we'll never not see again sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And because um, there was a train wash down the end so it had to go mm. to the, through past us to get to the train wash. And... But there's, no, there's nothing in place and in terms of saying how can we get this support or how can we recognise PTSD in construction because all the injuries are, these 36... They don't go together. It's, yeah. 30, it's 36 fatalities. Do, but they don't, as in you wouldn't never associate mental health with... Yeah. It's never spoken about. Yeah, so we're playing actually a rugby match against the Fire Brigade. I've put together a construction-based rugby team and we're playing against the Fire Brigade. Yeah. And... Um, I didn't actually mean to do it first, but the, the, the guys I know from the fire brigade, since so Steve, that would be quite fitting actually. I mean, why is that? Because just remember, when, when it all goes Pete's on the building site, we come in and clear the mess up for you. So we've got a lot of stories we can tell you on the night. Day, and I was yeah. like, ah, this is cool actually. So we've got a big lunch laid on as well where they're going to stand up and say, look, just give us, a, like, help us push the message out there of what, what is seen and what, what happens really. So, you yeah. keep the, what you The thing about it is, and it, what's so important is, you keep the country ticking over. You keep the country mm. functioning, you know, and, and yeah. you know, behind in the depth. This is why this podcast is about people who work in depths of society, who live and work in the depths of society because it's a fucking hard, hard place to fucking work. It's yeah. a hard, hard place to live. And what goes on behind the scenes is just not exposed. It's not spoken about. And it, it, it's, it's, it's never given it's the time of the day. Uh. This again, yeah. The same. They just come ahead. Then just thinking about the, what we have to see, and mm. yeah, working on Crossrail, one of the biggest projects in the country, if not Europe, at the, well, at the time, I suppose the height of it. And we'd be on. I remember putting up a complaint in saying, "Well, I'm not. We don't feel safe working on this platform because people in in the rough ends of East London, literally jacking up on, on the side mm. of the platform with needles in their hands, and we're sitting there, they, and they didn't care. They just sat there yeah, with us, with the trousers around their ankles, just sticking things in their legs, and we're and we're trying to work here. Yeah. And then and they got the dirty needles in their hands, mm. and I put a complaint. I put an email across and said that is there any chance we could just have an extra bit of security on nights and that. And it pretty much come back and you just put a spanner up your, up your jacket, put in your jacket pocket. And that was about it. It couldn't, it couldn't have been anything less wow. than that, anything more than that. And we, we got nothing. They said, well, no, the job needs to be done, Steve. You're self-employed worker. I said, like, okay, no worries. Yeah, like, I'd much rather yeah. go to the doctor and have a finger stuck up my arse than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Clean the needle. <laughs> well, Steve, well, listen, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure to have you on my, uh, on my podcast. And the purpose of the podcast is exactly what we've spoken about is that exposure letting people talk about it and you know realizing that fucking hell these young men and men and yeah. the majority are not saying they aren't women but 99 percent of men yeah. they've got they've got it hard yeah you know it's it's there must be something in place for these young men especially coming out of school that needs to be monitored they need to be looked after physically psychologically um in order to 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 keep the keep the fucking country functioning right yeah 
100%. So um, have you, do you, you involved in any charities or anything like that? Yes, yeah, so I run what's Construction Sport now. It is a charity. It's called Construction Sport. Yep. And how can sport. we get to that? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, What's the LinkedIn, website? Uh, constructionsport.com. Um, constructionsport.com yeah yeah construction sport across all socials and um, we're on it now and that all helps with, with we're pretty much want to make mental health yeah it's yeah, the mental health side of it so we're not really Perfect. at the end of it in terms of giving direct support but we literally just want to make people know and put the message out there that we need if education can, yeah, 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 yeah and, and show and representing the guys really to a certain extent there's a lot of people come back to me and say thank me well, I didn't even think like me saying so I mm -hmm. thought I must be representing the right to a few yeah. of them then but uh, no, of course. yeah we're just trying to show people that that We'd need to be done. Um, and yeah, I was put off by another charity six years ago because I was just a ground worker. And um, mm -hmm. I thought I'd come back and haunt you one day and we needed this. So. Yes, we'll do exactly <laughs> that, mate. Listen, you, you're you experienced in the job. Yeah. You, you got the banter written all over you. Listen, I've worked on uh, gone, uh, on sites before and uh, listen, to have, to have you on a site, it would be uh, it would be a great uh, asset to, to any company and no, any it? project. So. Keep yeah. it going, mate. Keep no, thank going. you. I was say thank you for the opportunity. I said I've been no. pushing this for five, six years now, and to get recognition by like yourself yeah. and a few other people and give the opportunity. Listen, this will be massive. pushed out far and wide, mate. So yeah. listen, hopefully people will watch it and uh, learn from it. And uh, amazing. Listen, the construction company will carry on yeah. full force, right? Yeah, we've got, we've got. I've got to get to work tonight, actually. So <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, twenty four seven. Go on, fuck off, hurry up. Put <laughs> that shovel in his hand and get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Steve. Thank Cheers. you, Cheers, Cheers, mate. Cheers.